Good morning. Welcome to worship at Northminster. Whether you're here in person in our sanctuary or viewing this service over our YouTube channel, we're so glad that you are with us today. Uh, we hope that uh, if you're visiting with us, we offer you a special welcome and we hope that you'll uh, participate in all aspects of our service. And if you're visiting with us in, in, uh, in person, that includes communion. This is Christ's table open to all and we would hope you would feel free to participate in the, uh, you'll find instructions in your order of worship. As I say, every time that I bring the welcome, our first gift to God uh, in worship this morning is the gift of our presence. And to indicate your presence today, if you would please sign the attendance register that you'll find in the hymn book holders on the chairs of the center aisle. As many of you know, Eric Hankammer's grandmother passed away recently and her funeral was this past Friday in St. Louis, and that is the reason for Pastor Jillian's absence uh, this morning. They're traveling back from St. Louis today, so we pray for traveling mercies for them. Pastor Jillian will be back in the office tomorrow and leading worship uh, on next Sunday. Before she left, she did prepare her sermon for today, and we're thankful to Dr. D.H. Clark for presenting the sermon and for him and Dr. Deborah Chandler, otherwise leading in worship today. And children, uh, as usual, please come up on the last verse of the first hymn. Uh, Miss Beth will be uh, presenting the children's message today. Uh, please remember, everyone, that tonight is Potluck Supper at 6 o'clock and our bi-monthly business meeting at 7, so please try to be at both of those. After worship, as we've been doing now for several weeks, there'll be a fellowship time in the narthex for everyone. Uh, coffee and other refreshments will be served, including for the kids. To keep this gathering from falling entirely on the Hospitality Commission, uh, uh, a sign-up sheet is in, uh, on the table in the hall, and by hosting, we mean making sure there's some drink options put out in addition to morning coffee. So we're not really asking for a huge amount of work from you, uh, but just trying to help out the Hospitality Commission, Bobby. Uh, <laughs> uh, Vacation Bible School will, will uh, be held on the evenings of July 30th through August 3rd, and there's a, another sign-up sheet in the hall, and we're requesting volunteers uh, to help on the evenings, and also requesting volunteers to help with preparations uh, but are not unable to be here in the evening. And so be sure to sign up in the appropriate spot and also list any activity you might be able to help with. And then the youth will be selling uh, homemade tie-dyed uh, Northminster t-shirts. Uh, they'll be dyeing the shirts and screen printing the shirts themselves. So please see the sign-up sheet. You may have noticed we love sign-up sheets at Northminster. <laughs> There's another, so the third sign-up sheet is in the hall to order your shirt, and all sizes, all proceeds, the shirts are $20, by the way, all proceeds will go to help with the cost of, of our youth attending camp in North Carolina this summer, and payment can be made upon delivery of your shirt. Remember, uh, this week's uh, mission truck emphasis is med camps and uh, so next Sunday will be our last Sunday and you can see 
the items that are needed by MedCamps in the insert in the order of worship. We're thankful to Ellen Prather for the beautiful flowers this morning and after worship. Please feel free to come and take some to brighten yours or someone else's week. Uh, I've been told as well that uh, uh, the, the second hymn, you'll see it's an insert in your order of worship. On the fourth line, there's a, uh, a measure missing at the very end. For those of us who are used to singing this hymn, you'll never notice it. But uh, for the others, there is a measure, and, and so the word is grace that should be there. I hope I did that right, D.H. Uh, okay, and uh, as always, please review the insert in the order of worship for other announcements and opportunities, or check out our newsletter. Well, at this time, Jillian usually says that we should all take a deep breath, which I hope we can do, and center ourselves as we prepare ourselves for worship. And if you would, take out your art of worship and turn to the call to worship. And as we begin, let's read the call to worship responsibly. We're here to worship a remarkable God. Come before God with the knowledge that God hears you. Come as the Eternal's invited guests. Come as much wanted children. The love of God emboldens us. The grace of Christ redeems us. The joy of the Spirit holds us. Come joyfully. Come eagerly. Come thankfully. Come as the recipients of amazing grace. Thanks be to God.
I feel fancy sitting in this chair. Last time I sat on the steps, this is like, this is fancy. So Pastor Jillian had picked out a book to read to you this week, and then she had to go out of town. So she asked me if I would read the book, and I said yes. And she picked this book because this month we're recognizing Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. So this is another book. The last book had some, some uh, little girl in it that was from Asia, and this book has a little boy from Asia. And this book is called Gibberish. Have you ever heard the word gibberish? Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, gibberish is like when people are talking and you just don't understand what they're saying. And let's take a look and see what happens in this book. His name is Dot. First, Dot sailed on a boat, then flew on a plane. And today, Dot will be on a school bus. Who's been on a school bus before? Who's been to school? So this kid from Asia is going to a new school. When people speak, it sounds like gibberish. Yeah. Oh, fun. Just listen and do the best you can, Ma said. So Dot came from Asia, and he does not speak English, and he's going to a new school. Hello, my name is Dot. In gibberish, the bus driver said, blah, 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 blah. See the pictures? That's showing us that he does not understand what the bus driver is saying to him. But he just nodded. He didn't really understand. The teacher said, Blah, 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 Dan. She called him Dan. That's not even his name. And he doesn't understand. And look at all the people. What do they look like? Do they look like real people? No. They look like cartoon characters, don't they? Mm -hmm. it, they do. They look like cartoon animals. In class, everyone knew gibberish except for Dot. Gibberish was in the books and in the air. How do you think he felt? Bad? Horrible? Scared? Alone? Without knowing gibberish, there was no place to sit, no place to stand, and no one to play with. So Dot just walked. Hello, my name is Dot. Then, something unexpected fell from a tree. See her? Hi, my name is Dot. I'm not sure what you're saying, but what are they doing? They don't understand each other, but what are they doing? They're playing together. They're getting to know each other. Back in the classroom, Dot tried to read, but his words broke. See, he can't even, he doesn't know what the books say. The last school bell rang and it was time to go home. On the bus, he sat alone. Then, who shows up again? Someone unexpected dropped in. <laughs> this is the same one that fell from the tree. Dot began to hear words. Tree, duck, boat, book, frog, flower. What's happening to the girl as he's starting to understand her words? What does she look like now? She's starting to look different, isn't she? Home, plane, ball, Julie. Dot, you know my name? 
How do you think he feels now that someone's calling him by his real name? What do you think? Happy. He's feeling a little more understood, right? What? Happy, yes, I think you're right. Ma, I'm back. Hi, this is my friend Julie. Yeah? Dot flew on a plane, Dot sailed on a boat, he rode a school bus, and today Dot ran home with Julie. So why do you think Pastor Jillian wanted to read this book? Do you think it's only about understanding a different language? <laughs> well, it is about understanding a different language, but are there other ways that people might be different than us? People might look different than us, dress different. They might have different ideas than us. And when we first meet them, they might seem kind of weird, you know, like the, the creatures in these pictures. But as you get to know people, do you start to understand them better? Yes. And then they start to seem like what? Real humans? So I think that the message that she wanted us to get from this book, it's really important us to get to know people and to try to understand people, right? And that way we can see them as just other people just like us, and we can be friends, right? Okay, here comes our part where we say our prayer. So turn around. We're going to say it to the grown-ups, and they can say it too. Okay, you ready? I see the face of God in you. The love of Christ comes shining through. The love of Christ comes shining through. And it is good to be with you. And it is good to be with you. O holy child of God. O holy child of God. Amen. And you can go back and sit with your parents or come back to the back. According to Matthew, no one can serve two masters, for if you try, you will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The Gospel of our Lord.
share a prayer with me this morning, if you will. Our comforter, our spirit, our Christ. We have found ourselves here once again together, and we're grateful for the time that we share. But first we must begin by asking your forgiveness for thoughts we've had that are displeasing to you, for harsh words or hateful or hurtful words that we have said to someone that are displeasing to you. And deeds either we have done and should not have done, or things that we knew we should do but chose not to. Forgive us, Lord, and make us more mindful with the small portion that you allow of your love, mercy, and grace. At this moment, we pause and allow a person's face to come in our mind. Someone we miss, someone who is ill, someone that we know just knows a prayer and to be thought of at this time. Maybe several faces go past our minds. We think about them now and we ask you to let them feel a wash come over them of your peace and your mercy. Lord, hear these prayers. For the conflicts and the turmoil and all of the hatred engulfing our world, God, Many are living in the middle of these things and we feel their pain. And what we can do is share this moment of thinking of them and sharing a glimmer of hope and light that we all see shine in this darkness. Lord, we mention again Eric and Jillian while they are away, while they are with family. And we ask you, God, to give them traveling mercies. But, oh, Lord, let us not forget to pray for ourselves and pray for this place, Northminster, a place we call home, a place where we know we are loved, accepted, and a place where we can come so that we are not alone. May we all share and all feel the pains of one another. And may we feel that peace that passes all of our human understanding. A place where we can do justice. We can love mercy. And we can, together, walk humbly with our God. And it's in whose name we pray. Amen.
A reading from Romans. What then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may increase? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the eternal, so we may also walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed, so we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey their desires. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but are under grace. A message from Paul to help us remember our baptisms. Thanks, Thanks be to God. May we pray. God grant that these words from the heart and soul of Pastor Julian instruct inspire and provoke us all today as we give our thanks for them and for her and blessings on her family as they grieve. Amen. As Pastor Jillian said, I'm not much of a Christian music fan. Her words, not mine. Mostly because, the, but I agree with her, mostly because the theology often falls short or is just icky. If Christian music is your jam, that's wonderful. I hope it fills you with hope and joy. I just can't get on board with most of what's popular, though I must admit I have a soft spot in my heart for a musician named Kyle Matthews. Now, this is a spot where I, D.H., not Pastor Jillian, will make one and only one parenthetical remark. Prior to this week, I was not familiar with Kyle's work, uh, and there's a good reason for that because I don't follow that genre of music. I should, but time constraints, etc. This was not through his failure, it was through mine. And not op for not opening myself up to the good music which finds itself in that and almost every other genre that, of music that we have. Like Pastor Jillian, I often find some of the lyrics distasteful or trite or bad theology. I appreciate this new learning experience, however, that I've uh, gained uh, from reading her, her sermon. I now love this new, to me, singer and his song. I appreciate folks like Welton, who taught me to rap. <laughs> <laughs> Pastors 
Claire and Zach and, and Daryl Cluck, who, and, and now Pastor Jillian, for opening me up to a whole new world of, of good music that sometimes is hidden among the, um, uh, the, the other. <laughs> so, end of parentheses. Though Kyle is now working as minister in South Carolina, in addition to being a professional musician, I first became aware of him as a sixth grader at the SWBYC, Southwest Baptist Youth Camp. At that time, the camp met at Austin College in Sherman, Texas, much like the model Northminster uses, my home church and about a dozen other churches met for youth camp. Northminster did it as well uh, in some of the early days, possibly crossing paths with Jillian, we don't know. It was my first year, and what I remember most is being hot and the stench of the mayonnaise factory not far from the campus. <clears throat> and so does it for our lunch <laughs> appetite. That permeated the heavy, sticky air in Kyle's music. I realize now he was far too experienced and talented to be the musician at a summer music camp, youth camp, and suspect that he was there as a favor to old seminary buddies. But overqualified or not, Kyle was fantastic. His warmth, humor, and thoughtfulness shined through his music, which I remember being touched by even as preteen. My dad was at camp as a chaperone, and we went home with several of Kyle's CDs. This was the only Christian music my family listened to other than my mom's Gaither VHS tapes, which she played <laughs> during our Saturday house cleaning. I'll explain that to those of you who don't know what a VHS tape is after the church. <laughs> Kyle was back at our camp as a as musician in my second year, and perhaps the year after that and each time, he was wonderful. A couple of years into my tenure as a camper, however, Kyle moved on to the other projects, and camp was never quite the same for me. To that day, his music continues, to this day, this music continues to make me think and touches my heart. That's likely why this song, Been Through the Water, came echoing from my memory this week as I lived with Paul's words about baptism in this Roman passage. In the song, Kyle tells a story I want you to hear. Preacher pulled the boy up from the water. Alleluia's rose from the bank. There was a new suit of clothes from his father and a prayer of thanks. The boy walked barefoot all the way home for dinner. And then when they laughed at him and at his muddy feet, he said, I've been through the water and come out clean got new clothes to cover me and you don't want wear old shoes on your brand new feet when you've been through the water been through the water in chapter just before in the chapter just before this morning's reading, the Apostle Paul explains the concept of being justified through faith. That idea of our jagged edges being smooth and our be, uh, being brought into alignment. He also goes on to say that through Christ, God's grace is an answer for sin. However, we must how, how much we trans, however much we transgress. 
however much, however often we miss the mark, God's grace in Jesus Christ is abundantly greater. Today's reading is Paul's response to potential questions and critics who might ask if we should just keep on sinning so that God might go on showing us grace. In other words, if grace abounds where sin increases, should we sin to make room for more grace? Or as one of the commentators I listened to this week said, she has a friend who likes to joke, I love to sin and God loves to forgive which, while true, is a misunderstanding of grace and not the attitude Paul is trying to inspire. To combat that misunderstanding of sin and grace, Paul begins chapter 6 by talking about death, the death that happens in baptism. And let's make no mistake, baptism is more complex than just going down and coming up again. It's more nuanced than cleansing And there's a reason you'll often hear pastors say that we're buried with Christ in baptism. As Paul highlights in this passage, a death occurs when you're pushed under those baptismal waters. What makes that death bearable is that Christ, like Christ, you're resurrected or walk in newness of life. What makes the death precious is though that though you die to who you were before entering that sacred space, you come out as a new person. Still yourself, but transformed by Christ. As commentator David Bartlett notes, what changes in baptism is pretty much what changed for Jesus in the days before Good Friday and Easter morning. In that time, Christ moves from death to life and baptism we do the same. Verse 2 of Kyle's song continues with the boy's story. Preacher turned around them again at the altar, pronounced the boy and girl man and wife. In two years, they were mother and father. They built them a new life. His old girlfriend saw a moment of weakness, and she said, if you're lonely, come see me sometime. He said, I've been through the water and come up clean. Got new clothes to cover me. And you don't wear your old shoes on your brand new feet when you've been through the water. Been through the water. For Paul, the idea of believer being the same after dying with Christ in baptism is impossible, an oxymoron, because as he said in verse 7, for one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with, with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Baptism literally joins us to the death of Christ, and in that death, we're freed from the sin. But more importantly, our knitting together with the body of Christ crucified and raised is a gift of grace that equips, powers, and frees us for resistance. That makes us part of a resistance movement. Now you might hear the word resistance and have an emotional reaction. This word has certainly been part of the political zeitgeist of the past few years. 
And I think that's exactly why I love, uh, why the I love to tell the story podcast host used it in this conversation. This concept is a part of the contemporary social consciousness, but I want to be very clear that I'm not making a political point, but rather preaching the gospel of Christ, which has always been a resistance movement. Since Jesus' first criticism of that religious elite that put laws above people, Christianity has been a movement resisting thoughtless power. Since Jesus ate with the tax collectors and the unclean, Christianity has been a movement resisting discrimination. From the moment Jesus treated women with value and dignity, Christianity has been a movement resisting patriarchy. The dozens and dozens of times Jesus told us to care for the poor and welcome the outcast, he modeled that Christianity is supposed to be a movement that resists walls and exclusions and instead is built on radical hospitality and welcoming the stranger. And here in Romans, Paul is helping us understand that our baptism into the death and resurrection life of Christ gives us the power to resist. To resist sin and doubt, cruelty and judgment, despair and retaliation, shame and blame. Here's the final verse of Kyle's song. He baits the hook with his grandson of seven, says, soon I'll be free from this pain. The boy asks, if ever, have you ever been to heaven? He says, no, but I think I know the way, because I've been through the water. He said, I've been through the water and come out clean, got new clothes to cover me, and you don't wear your old shoes on your brand new feet. When you've been through the water, been through the water. My friends, the good news today is that our baptismal resistance is powered by resurrection. Through Christ, we are part of that resistance, a resistance that believes in the power of resurrection, a resistance that is grounded in hope, a resistance that is possible now, right now, because we are resurrection people. Thanks be to God, stitched together with Christ through the waters of baptism. Our baptismal resistance doesn't make us perfect people. It doesn't remove sin from our life or create a world in which temptation and heartache and despair no longer exist. But our resistance does give us the power for life. Our baptismal resistance reminds us to continually seek Christ's compassion and justice in a confusing and contentious world. Our baptismal resistance reminds us to lead with grace and love. Our baptismal resistance empowers us to welcome those the world would turn away. And our baptismal resistance gives us the confidence, even in moments of doubt and weakness, to say to ourselves, to each other, and to the world, I've been through the water.